Hey, Sailorville families. We just wanted to come here today and provide some encouragement to you on the, on the idea of school at home and just all this that you've been thrown into in the recent days, recent weeks, especially with schools rolling out distance learning or online learning, school at home. So we, we are not the authority on this by any means, but we're just a couple of moms that want to come to you and just share with you just what's on our hearts about this topic. Before we get any further, I want to introduce myself. My name is Alice Bear. I am the children's, one of the children's ministry assistants here at Sailorville Church. And just a little bit about my family. I have three boys. I have a, um, Luke is 18 years old. He's a freshman in college. Jacob is 16 years old. He's a sophomore in high school. And Mark is um, 11 years old. He's a sixth grader. We, for school for our family, um, Luke obviously at college, he's full-time there, but Jacob and Mark, my middle and my youngest, dual enroll with our public school system. So that means that they do all their core work at home. We homeschool core work, but then they go to the public schools for electives, band, foreign language, things like that. So they get an opportunity to be outside of the home for learning, uh, but then also get some learning from inside the home. We are on this journey of the dual enrollment this is, I think, our fifth year of doing that. So they were actually full-time public school kids prior to that. So I've, we've had a little bit of a change in our schooling, but that's a little bit about us. My name is Lindsay Holen. Um, I'm involved with women's ministry here at Sailorville, uh, but my main ministry is in my home as a homeschool mom, and I have been Homeschooling, this is my ninth year of homeschooling. I've homeschooled our two daughters from the beginning who are almost 13 and almost 11. And um, for me, it's just been a long journey of discovery and every year has looked different, sometimes changing within the middle of the year according to the needs of my daughters and also discovering um, that my daughters have dyslexia. And so that's just been a whole other area of learning and growing and stretching and um, just being with each other all of the time. And how does school and home and life, how does that all work together as one um, while also needing to be separated at certain times? And so I love homeschooling. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. and. Um, I'm probably the most impatient woman there is, um, but by God's grace, he gives me patience to get through each day because I just have to take it a day at a time. I am Joanna Rice. I am the volunteer coordinator here at Sailorville, and I have three living children at home. My husband and I do. I should say we have three <laughs> living children at home. Um, our oldest is Jamie, and he is 11 in fifth grade. And then we have Kaylin, who is six, and she is first grade. And then we have Judson, who is three, but thinks that he needs to be included in all of the school stuff anyway. So that's always fun. Um, we have homeschooled from the beginning with our kids as well. And it has not looked the same. <laughs> Just like Lindsay said, every year has been a little bit different. And just when I feel like we're getting in a really good groove, something changes. My kids grow up a little bit or um, personality starts to blossom a little different or we hit a new mental growth phase. But there's definite um, 
definite change that happens every single year. Mm -hmm. Even throughout the year, there's a lot of change that happens with our at-home education process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I so. think kind of mimics life, homeschooling or right. not schooling. Your children's needs change as they grow, and mm -hmm. um, you just rely on the Lord to um, just give you the grace and the eyes to change, change with them. So. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to share some scripture with you guys, if that's okay. Um, before we started recording, Lindsay noticed I had a note on uh, my paper uh, of a certain point in scripture, and she had the same note. So I feel like we should read that to you guys. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That particular scripture is very dear to our family. When we went from having our kids in full-time public school and God taking us to a, a homeschool or a dual enrollment um, plan, that scripture was the one that both my husband and I landed on. Um, because in thinking of you know, why we were perfectly content with our kids being in, in public school, and I know this isn't like a you know, pro, this is why you should homeschool your kids, but I just want to bring this to you as you know, your kids are now at home and doing whether it's online stuff with their, with their schoolwork or whatever. But I really feel that God is providing an opportunity for each family that we saw God providing for our family five years ago. When we first started embarking upon this, we went through and made uh, like a homeschool mission statement. And one of the things that really, as I pulled that back out and looked at that as we thought about talking about, you know, having more time at home with your kids, the one thing that really popped out to me was, God is now providing a time for us to be the greater influence, a bigger voice in our kids' lives. When my kids are involved in school, whether it's the dual enrollment or being in full-time public school, they were busy. They're involved in band and extracurricular activities. They're busy from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m. Now, with them home more, I have that opportunity to be the bigger voice. They're, you know, you're just spending more time together. You're having more, you know, just off-the-cuff conversations with them, really. Organic conversations. There you yes. go, organic conversations. So just an opportunity to be that bigger voice. Um, just, yeah, having, having more time at home, intentional time at home without the distractions. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was just thinking about the organic conversations that are now taking place um, more from a, as a result of being together. And um, I think that it's, the intentions are wonderful and it's great to have a time set aside as a family for devotions and reading the Bible and, and you know, um, whatever it is, whatever avenue you want to do, those are, those are amazing. But those organic little blips here and there throughout the day are, is a, a continual um, buildup 
residue residue of of those conversations just happening organically within the moment of just something as simple as the sun is shining today thank you lord for providing mm -hmm. just providing that for us today or whether it's confronting a sin or whatever just having those organic conversations um, are more impactful than um, what you know mm -hmm. so mm, for sure yeah, yeah. so another thing that um, kind of came up too as we were talking about it um, you know with so much time away from the home and getting up early and getting involved in activities and then you have activities after you know after school time or before dinner and after dinner this is a time where I think many have spoken about it but having intentional time in the word mm. as you as a parent your kids as a family you know, we have this time now where we're not so structured. We can't, I mean, we are, you know, we're still structured, but we have more time for being in the Word and setting that as a priority. That's a priority that I've always given my kids when they were at home doing schoolwork. It was devotions come first. Before you start anything academic, I want you to get, open your Bible, get your devotions out, and, and have that time first because then that sets the tone for your day. Just as Pastor said just the other day, I think in the Q&A, you know, he, yeah, sure, you know, read your Bible when you go to bed. I think he made the comment. He goes, but definitely read it when you get up in the morning before mm -hmm. you start doing anything else because that will set the tone for your day. It doesn't make you any more holy or, you know, more righteous, but it helps set your mindset. I think one of the things that we have noticed, yes, we homeschool, so now we're home with all of the everything going on. So, I mean, is it really that different? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot different for us because we don't go out and do a lot of the different things. But I know we have embraced kind of stripping away all of those extra things mm -hmm. to get back to the basics of who are you within your family? What is your role? How do you, how well do you really know the other people in your family? And I know that's one of the things we've really been focusing on at our house is just investing in each other and seeing the bond that's growing between my kids mm -hmm. has been amazing. Seeing how each of them is maturing and yet they're relating to each other better now, three weeks into this quarantine, <laughs> than they were at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that has been a really cool gift mm -hmm. for me to see of that time that we have had is now starting to have mm -hmm. some of those encouraging moments shining through. Yeah. And you would think too with your with being homeschooled family, you're home together all the time. So you would think, oh, obviously those relationships would already build yeah, there. You would think. But when you have all those extracurriculars and getting together with friends and you know just other things that they're interested in, now they're being forced to you know, okay, we're all here, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. There aren't those extracurriculars. So even those, like you said, those families that are have been home, you're seeing, I would say the same in our home. Yeah. The boys are, yeah, definitely yeah. bonding in a way that's different than they have before. Yeah. Our home too. Mm -hmm. And is that something that just happened naturally with being stuck at home for three weeks? <laughs> is that something that just happened naturally with you guys? <laughs> that your, your kids started to like get along? Or was there some instruction that had to come from parents 
mm-hmm. during those first week or two of time. I kind of have some theories, but I don't know if it's the same for other families <laughs> I don't as know. for mine. Because um, I talk regularly, regularly with my girls about if you cannot be a good friend to your sister, you're not going to be a good friend to those outside of our home. Mm. Your best friendship is within this home because this is a friendship that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Um, for as long as both of you are, are breathing and in each other's lives, this is a built-in friendship. Other friends outside the home, they come and they go. It's just mm-hmm. how life is. And so I talk about friendship a lot more um, outside of this, yeah. what I'm finding is with the slowing down of things, um, my girls in particular are not as tired and they're not as stretched in, in different areas because we're going and going. And even as homeschoolers, we're busy. Homeschoolers mm-hmm. are busy <laughs> socializers. I know there's that stereotype, but like we're out and about all the time. Yeah. And so things have slowed down for us. And I think that kids coming together and not having, this is my class, these are my friends, um, you're, they're just connecting as a family yeah. because it's like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. Instead of being separated all day with your people and your people and my people and my activity and your friends mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, it's in our home is just kind of, we're here. So mm-hmm. yeah. we're going to, not that they don't have moments mm-hmm. and that my oldest daughter doesn't write in her journal that her sister's driving her nuts, but <laughs> that I have seen a, I, I have seen an increase. I have moments like that in my journal too about my children, <laughs> but you know, that's, uh, I'm not alone there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do have to laugh because my boys have always, they actually really have always been best friends and just to see, so when we embarked in the beginning on the homeschool journey, we actually brought our oldest home first by himself. And so in ninth grade, we brought him home. And then the next year, we brought home the middle one. So we had a 10th grader and a 7th grader. And I watched that bond of the two of them in that year. While they still were, you know, got along with the youngest brother, but he was in public school all day long. And so the two of them kind of grew this bond. Um, And then this past year, my oldest went to college and we brought home the youngest. So I now have the middle and the youngest at home and just watching the bond of the two of them with the oldest gone and those two at home. It's just interesting to see the dynamic of how each of them, you know, they're they're great, all three of them together, but then the oldest and the middle have a special bond and the middle and the youngest have a special bond and the oldest and the youngest have a special bond, you know? So it's interesting to watch watch how that all has morphed over the years. But I really have to give the credit to my husband. He has always stressed in our home the importance of family and family togetherness. And when somebody had an outing of some sort, whether it was a baseball game or a basketball game or a music concert or whatever, we went as a family. And that's that's just how, how it's always been, you know? And, and we, the youngest kids always had to go to the oldest kids' activities. But then when the younger ones started having activities, we watched the older kids voluntarily come to the younger kids' activities because they remember the younger ones coming and supporting them. So that's been neat to watch and, and to watch how my husband has shepherded that within our home. 
um, and you know, family meals. We've always um, have. That's another thing that my husband's always, you know, worked on in our family is sitting down at a family meal. You know, that's something that we do, even if. You know, you got to eat and then you're rushing right off to your activity. We still, at least if it's five minutes, you get that time to sit down together and, um, and have that time as a family. So, yeah, the table is a great, it's a great place to just have life giving conversations mm -hmm. and to really discover um, where each of your children is at. And um, mm -hmm. I think good questions are, I think good questions are just a key to a lot of relationships by asking your kids good questions about what they believe about something or um, you know what their hopes and their fears and their dreams i love um, celebrate kids it, uh, incorporated is something that i follow and um, her name is kathy cook and she has an app that you get the celebrate kids it's called the ck question of the day and there's a multitude of different kinds of questions, but just generating discussion. And I think mm -hmm. that if you can ask good questions, uh, you'd be surprised how long you can just linger at the table. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay uh, to linger at the table and to laugh with each other and to um, just experience life together. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just such a life-giving place to be mm -hmm. and to yeah. form those relationships between siblings mm -hmm. as well. So. Um, I want to ask, because you have all boys, I have all girls, you have I both, have a mix. <laughs> of different ages, you have, you have boys that are interested in one thing, girls are, that are interested in another, and how do you promote unity and friendship between them when their interests may be different for a season of time or for a long or period like of time? all the time? All always? the time. Yeah, how do you how do you promote that? Because there are a lot of families who are like, well, that's great. I have a big span between my mm -hmm. kids, and even if they're the same sex, that that they are not interested in the same things. So mm -hmm. how do you how do you promote unity with that? One of the things that we do a lot of is just almost forced including, mm -hmm. um, where okay, I understand you really want to do your own thing, but you are right now in public family space. Mm. So you, you need to include your siblings in that. If you want to do something that's just you, just your interests, then you need to take yourself out of where everybody gets to be. Mm -hmm. um, so then, you know, we'll send the kid to their room to, you know, I just want to play just my Legos or I don't want him to touch my dolls, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. yeah. um, if, they're, if they're needing that. But otherwise, we also do a lot of sit down and, okay, I understand that this is what you're wanting. Mm -hmm. You don't want to include them. But I want you to think, how would you feel if you were the one who was not being included? And even with a three-year-old, I will sit him down and we will do that. And, oh, I would be sad. And, yeah, so let's think of others first. Mm -hmm. Think of other people before yourself. And the other thing that we really stress a lot is respect. Mm -hmm. You need to respect each other's physical boundaries, mm -hmm. um, their emotional boundaries. Okay, I know it's really fun to pick on people sometimes, but you got to know when to back off. Mm -hmm. When you're starting to cross that line between everybody's having fun to now somebody isn't. Mm -hmm. um, so it's honestly, it's a lot of conversation. Yeah. And being yep. real and... Um, expecting my kids to know what it is that I'm saying. Like having adult conversations with 
my littlest. They, I mean, they I remember more than what you think. Yeah, they do. They and absolutely they understand. Words. And <laughs> they they have big feelings. Yeah. And so if you don't validate that, yeah. then they just kind of flounder. And yeah. the more I speak real with my kids, the better it is on everybody. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to invest in those conversations mm -hmm. instead of just saying, stop it, stop bothering your sister, go mm -hmm. to your room, leave them alone, just barking orders at them. Mm -hmm does nothing to change their heart because it's it's all about the heart attitude, right? Yeah. So you're getting yeah. to the heart of the matter. We use the word honor a lot. Um, I use that with my girls where my introverted older daughter likes her space and my younger one loves like physical contact and climbing <laughs> on people all the time, especially her sister. That's how she yeah. feels loved. And so when Ava is feeling exasperated because she just wants her own space, I have to say, Lila, your sister just needs that space to, she needs some alone time, she needs some space, and you need to honor that. Mm -hmm. And the same goes for Ava. Your yep. sister feels loved when you sit next to her on the couch. Mm -hmm. So you need to just honor that for a little bit. And that word honor, I think we see it in the Ten Commandments with honoring your parents. Yep. And, and it goes for honoring the Lord. And so having those conversations, using those words, those biblical words of respect and honor mm -hmm. and, and discipline and everything goes a long ways with our kids. Mm -hmm. that, um, that is it, cultivating lifelong habits mm -hmm. for how they're going to interact. I also talk to my girls a lot about you guys are, it may not look like it right now, but mm -hmm. you are in this hard relationship with your siblings and you're practicing for marriage. You really mm -hmm. are because you are going to marry someone that's not like you and that drives you a little bit nuts. I mean, not that Jeremy <laughs> drives me nuts at all, but, <laughs> but you have or to we drive them nuts at all. No, 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 no. never. Never. You, but, you guys don't do any of that, right? No. So, but it, I mean, if you think about it, and I, and I don't think it's wrong to have that conversation, like you are going to marry someone someday that mm -hmm. just gets under your skin and does things the exact opposite of what, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Just ignore it all the time or, you know, I don't know, just go about it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So there's so much to learn from the sibling rivalry mm -hmm. and relationships and the ups and the downs because that's that is life. Yeah. That's people in marriage and in family and in God's family with mm -hmm. your church and extended family and everything. So, yeah, I think there's scripture out there considering others better than yourselves, mm -hmm. you know, in humility, right? Right. <laughs> I'm, I couldn't give you the whole verse. Pastor, I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm, <laughs> yep. <laughs> making, <laughs> I'm not doing very good here, but yeah, but considering others, um, my kids will, come back, you know, we're, we're really on that other side of, of the disciplining. We're at the shepherding now mm. where the disciplining, you know, if, there is light, there is There's light, light at the there end is light. Tunnel. And not that it's always rosy. Let me tell you that other side of the tunnel, but my kids will come back to me with, you know, Oh yeah. Remember mom, when you used to tell us this verse all the time and, and the one that they like to bring back to me is I would whenever there would be arguing or somebody, you know, saying words back to each other, I said, well, you know, a harsh word stirs up anger. 
and a gentle answer turns away wrath. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that verse, mom. It's it's in the Proverbs somewhere, mom. And I know it's Proverbs 15.1 because Ava was five <laughs> when I read it to her and she's like, you need to remember that, mom. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids are good at calling you out on oh, your own yeah. sin, oh, too. Yes, they yeah. Are. I, yeah. yeah. I love to just yeah. share that verse with them a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. We do the, uh, I remember I did Awanas growing up, and there was an Ephesians 432 song. And so we'll stop, at, like, we don't do this all the time. So don't, like, roll your eyes and be like, we're homeschoolers who stop and sing Bible verses. <laughs> but we, like, every once in a while, even when things are going good, I don't make them stop in the middle of a conflict and sing Ephesians 4.32, but, you know, it has a fun ending. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Do, do, I doodly do. <laughs> Ephesians 4.32, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Um, anyway, just having those truths mm -hmm. and um, making it a lighthearted conversation too and not always bringing in scripture in the heat of the moment mm -hmm. where you are yes. um, making it their, their um, interaction with God's word a negative thing. Mm -hmm. There is a time and a place for that. Mm -hmm. But um, even if after things have simmered down and say, you know what, after that, it just had me thinking about something I read a while back. And this verse says this or that, and then bring it into the conversation instead mm -hmm. of the Bible says this, you need to practice it. Yeah. So yeah. beating Bible verses into them. Yeah. yeah. Never goes well when there's yeah. conflict going on. So, yeah, I don't like to be beaten with Bible verses. Sorry, Doug. I totally just smacked my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't like to be beaten with Bible verses. Right. So I, I don't want to beat my kids with them either. Mm -hmm. I don't want to beat my kids with anything, but. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That Deuteronomy 6, while you're walking along, while they're laying down, those are not highly intense conversations. Mm -hmm. You yep. know, the, it's talking about just going about life, mm -hmm. not always in the heat of the moment. Yeah. So. One of the things my kids have started doing more often lately, which has been so good because I feel like I try so hard and I fail so hard and then you know going back and repenting to my kids and hey I'm sorry mom lost it you know will you forgive me in this but one of the things that they have started doing more often lately is hey mom so this was happening what does the bible say about that that's a new thing for us hmm. so it's one of those where it's like I'm starting to see that coming in on that gentle side is having that effect. Mm -hmm. And like, honestly, since we've been stuck home more is when that question has started coming out more often. Mm. I don't know if it's just because we're not so busy, mm -hmm. but it's that I know that has been really good. So just again, stripping away all that extra and getting back to the basics mm -hmm. has yeah. been huge for our family. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking that kind of gives us a good segue into the survey that Lindsay put out on our Sailorville Women's page and also on the Facebook pages. And I think I got sent out in an email as well. And one of the top, I don't know, questions that were not questions. Concerns. Concerns yeah. was attitude. Kids, parents, everybody together. And so we're kind yeah. of talking about that, um, but just something that kind of comes to mind with that is, you know, you talked about seeking forgiveness from your kids, you know, realizing that we, 
And I think you and I had a conversation a little while back about being at home with your kids a lot. And you're saying, you know, your kids see you sin all day long. And that's the truth. <laughs> you know, they, my kids see me sinning all day long as we were trying to work on a project just on Friday, something um, to help my husband out while he's working at home. And, you know, just stubbornness came in and I was getting impatient because I'm like, just somebody help me with this, you know. And a few minutes later, I had to go back and just, you know, boys, I'm sorry. Mom shouldn't have lost her patience. You know, this is, and, and not making an excuse for it. Right. It wasn't, well, but you guys should have been helping. No, it's, I'm sorry. Mom shouldn't have lost her patience. You know, would you forgive me for doing that? And not even saying, now do you have something to be sorry of? You know, no, it's, I need to take accountability for myself and just modeling that for my kids. And I know we, I think we talk about that a lot around here, but even just, you know, your kids are going to see you sin all day long. You will see your kids sin all day long. Which is frustrating. It yeah. is frustrating, but modeling repentance, forgiveness with them will, even if you don't see the fruit of it right away, but, you know, when you start to get impatient with them because they're not, you know, looking at their schoolwork the way you want them to, you know, they're not checking their Chromebooks and their online Google Classrooms, instead of reacting to that, instead of giving that harsh word that's going to stir them up, you know, take a breath and find a way to come around with a gentle word to them to encourage them to, to be doing this. You know, everybody is in a whole new situation where we need grace as parents because our territories are now invaded by people all day long. Um, that's one thing I learned about myself when we first started homeschooling our kids. I think I was home, home alone without children in the home for two years before we started homeschooling. And I learned very quickly that I'm selfish with my time, that mm. I love my time alone. And then having an extra person in the house with me, I was like, I'm never alone. You know, like everybody's in my space all the time and they're touching things in my space and I get the dishes cleaned up and then somebody else puts dishes there, you know? So it's just that, <laughs> yeah, just having a, yeah, an attitude of grace. And our kids need to have grace with us too, you mm -hmm. know. And I love yeah. what you alluded to there with, yes, my kids will very much irritate me to the point of, okay, I now have a decision. I'm either going to sin in reaction to them or not. That is my decision to make. But to not put the guilt of my decision onto mm -hmm. their actions mm -hmm. because it's still up to me how I'm going to respond to that. Whatever it is, whatever it is that is provoking me, it's not the fault of that if I stumble and sin. Mm -hmm. So I love that. There was um, a sweet friend of mine that she challenged me at one point. I was struggling with that. I was pregnant, so you know, hormones are crazy and all of that. And she's like, but just remember, there's no exception clauses. The Bible mm -hmm. doesn't give us exception clauses. Just because we're stuck home now in quarantine doesn't give us an exception to sin. Mm -hmm. We're still accountable and responsible for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was telling our cell group um, 
last week after our conversation, or after Pastor's sermon about the leaven. Mm -hmm. And I had just happened to be um, baking homemade bread and it was rising during that sermon. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what it was, you know, what all he was gonna be talking about. But it made me think about activating that leaven, activating the yeast and how I always put it in just the right temperature. It needs to be mm -hmm. warm. I add a little bit of sugar for the yeast to eat and to become foamy. And um, yeast has to have the right environment in order to spread and to do its job in, in the flour, in the dough mixture. And it just made me really think about sin and what, um, what are the specific environments? What is the environment that I am prone to sin in? Mm. And, and acknowledging, recognizing that and understanding that this particular thing causes me to become angry really quickly, yeah. or I really lose it when this happens, or what, whether it's a circumstance in your environment or it's just a matter of a heart issue that you have. Mm -hmm. um, if you ask the Lord to bring out that sin, he's gonna show it to you, which is gonna be hard. But understanding what, the, um, what that kind of perfect storm is mm -hmm. for things to explode. Because in my cupboard, the yeast is not expanding. It's just dry. It needs warm water and it needs sugar in order to be activated. Mm -hmm. yep. So um, understanding um, what activates you to sin, but also having eyes to see what environment your children tend to explode in. Mm. And knowing that when things start to happen in a certain situation, um, you've got to come in and, and be a mediator of sorts. Yeah. So that was- it's Acknowledging that as the parent, but also I think that's a great time to have one of those organic conversations mm -hmm. of, hey, I, I'm noticing this. Do mm -hmm. you see that in yourself as well? Yeah. And have those conversations with, with your kid to mm -hmm. have, help that awareness yeah. grow in them as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing I've learned is you cannot control your children. Mm -hmm. We no. can guide them. We can shepherd them. We mm -hmm. can address them in, in a loving way and not so loving way. But um, to give over... To give yourself over to anger and frustration is to ultimately give them control. You cannot control them. You can only control your response and your heart attitude and what comes out of your mouth and what shows up on your face, which I totally, uh, that's like a huge like mantra of mine. Like, mm -hmm. don't roll my eyes, don't mm -hmm. grunt or sigh. And I did that to my daughter in mm -hmm. math this morning. And I caught myself right away and I said, I just broke my own rule. And she's like, yeah, you did. Because I was so <laughs> frustrated in the moment and just went like, Ugh. and she was like, but I could tell that's, yeah. that's an attack on her personally. Yeah. For me, in my mind, it's just a, like a frustration with math, not necessarily an attack on her character, but she takes that as I'm not, my, my mom's not, proud of me or mm -hmm. my mom is really frustrated with me and that goes deep into children. They feel, and mm -hmm. she's an internalizer, so she's not gonna come out and say, that really hurt me, hurt my feelings when mm -hmm. you did that. So understanding um, you know, what, where the control lies really only lies within yourself. Yeah. Um, 
based upon utter reliance on the Lord. Mm -hmm. So uh, before you get out of bed in the morning, I would, before you uh, look at anything on your phone or take the covers off, just ask the Lord, would you teach my children today and would you be my helper? Mm. Because um, uh, there have just been days where I do fail as a teacher. I, I fail as a parent, I fail as a wife, I fail as a Christian. And so just giving your day over to the Lord before you even start it mm -hmm. um, just helps kind of calibrate your heart and um, just, just acknowledge who really is in, in control over the day, which mm -hmm. is the Lord, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You had mentioned in there, you know, God, will you be my kid's teacher? Because as homeschool moms, we are our kid's teachers. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily the case for all of these kids that are now home. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of those where um, you, you may not be your child's teacher right now. You're just kind of helping them in the learning process. And that is totally cool. But you can still do the same thing. Okay, God, help me. You teach my children mm -hmm. and just help me know how to help them best. Mm -hmm. So the same, same thing there. Um, one of the other things that you had mentioned was in starting your morning. Mm -hmm. How important is that in your guys' lives to how, how you start your morning? What is it that you have to have done in order to be able to have a successful day? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one thing, um, I mean, even before we had the whole quarantine thing come down. As I mentioned, my boys dual enroll. So they do go to the public school for a couple of classes and then do core work at home, math, English, um, history, science. So my kids, we've always, uh, thankfully, have been able to have morning classes at the school. So we've always had something to force them, kind of, to get up and get ready um, and to be somewhere early. Well, when this happened, where you know now the public schools are closed, they don't have that class to attend. I mentioned to my boys, I said, you know, it's we're still going to be up no later than eight o'clock, only because I know for myself personally, I know I know not everybody is that way. I am definitely a morning person. I am more than happy to get up before the sun and start doing things, but to sleep until nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, you're not really getting into anything, you know, with substance to it for at least an hour after you wake up, maybe longer, you know? And I told my boys, I said, no, we need to, we need to keep like a normal-ish kind of routine. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to work, <laughs> assuming you get a job, when you finish with schooling, even if you go to college, don't go to college, unless you're working a night shift or you know off hours most jobs are 8 to 5 or 7 to 4 or whatever you know you need to be you need to have a routine of sorts to get yourself up so i told the boys 8 o'clock is is our wake up time if you're not up by then you will be woken up um, showers are necessary every day <laughs> you know <laughs> not that they they really don't argue with me on that but um, my, my youngest a little, but, um, but he's more into that routine now. But I'm like, even for myself, I, it would be so easy for me to get up and take a shower, but put on a pair of yoga pants or, you know, sweatpants or whatever. I 
when this started, I said, nope, every day I'm getting up and I'm putting on a pair of jeans or a pair of khakis or whatever. I'm not because I feel like I need to get up and make myself presentable for anything, but just to keep my own emotions, my own, you know, tendency to kind of be downtrodden at bay. It gave me, you know, schedule and purpose. And I know as humans, we rely on routine. That's just how we are. So yeah, getting up, getting dressed, um, starting your school day at a normal time and not just sitting there on your phone. Um, we limit screen time in our house. Um, the, we don't limit as much on phones as we do like the Xbox, but the kids, ever since they were little, they have certain game or days where they're allowed to play video games. You can play them on this evening and on one day on the weekend. And we even limit that time too because we've noticed that the arguing increased the more they were on video games. And, um, and the phones too, let's be honest, teenagers with phones, no matter how many restrictions you put on those, when there's a will, there's a way. If they wanna get to content that's not appropriate for them or not beneficial to them, they're gonna find a way. So limiting phone time, limiting where they have their phones. Um, they're not allowed in the bathrooms. Um, they're not allowed in their rooms. We have, you know, loosened that obviously with our oldest son who was at college, you know, he's, he is an adult and we, you know, he, he knows where we stand on those things. But anyway, that's kind of our morning, you know, routine-ish kind of stuff. Yeah, I think everyone Everyone thrives with structure and purpose. And um, I like your wording there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, in, in our home, I, I don't really like the stereotype that homeschoolers can be in their pajamas all of the time. <laughs> A, we're, we're not home all the time. Um, and then this whole, like, here's my morning pajamas, here's my evening pajamas. Mm -hmm. um, I personally feel more together and um, ready to go if I get ready for the day. Mm -hmm. So I just get ready. I get ready in the morning. I get dressed. I put on makeup. I do my hair. Mm -hmm. um, my husband still has to look at me even if I don't go anywhere. <laughs> and to say that I get dressed and put on makeup to please other people but not my husband, I don't think that's right either, you mm -hmm. know? So um, getting dressed and my girls, I have noticed, and I don't think it's just my girls, they need a lot of sleep. They mm -hmm. just, some kids need more than others. We shoot for, we shoot for 10 to 11 hours of sleep a night. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes means that as the days get longer, it's still light out when they go to bed. Mm -hmm. yep. And I get my girls up between 6.30 and 7 every day. And, um, that just gives them, they, they wake up slow, that gives them time to wake up and have breakfast and um, do what they need to do. And we try to get school done in, a, in about a three hour block of time. They really don't need more than that at this point. And so um, my, my girls need to know, they like, they like checklists. Mm -hmm. And so they either use a planner, uh, right now they don't have one. So I will write down, here's what you need to get done today. Mm -hmm. And they love checking off boxes. Mm -hmm. And they just need, if I don't have a plan for them in place, 
I also give them a voice in the plan mm -hmm. so that they feel like they have some say mm -hmm. in how their day goes because they have to start practicing the decision making and the what's beneficial for my day and what's worth hitting hard even though I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Giving them some practice and discipline. Disciplining themselves instead of always being told what to do. And which is a great opportunity for kids now who are in the um, schoolroom setting all of the time. They're not really given that opportunity to how, how they spend their seven hours in the day. They're told by like down to the minute how they're spending it and then off to activities so they don't necessarily know how to spend their time. And so when they are home, that's when I'm bored mm -hmm. comes up. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Or they just get bored really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so letting, it may be painful the first few weeks or several <laughs> weeks or however long this goes, but giving them a, a choice and saying what they do with direct with your direction. It's not just a whole. Mm -hmm. Here's going to be school from 8:30 to 11:30. Here's what you you know just figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. Give them some direction, but also give them some control. Kids yeah. want control. We mm -hmm. all know that. <laughs> They're in a constant battle for control, mm -hmm. uh, as we all are as sinners. But um, teaching them just just self-discipline and, um, and, and motivation and all of that starts with me. Mm -hmm. If I'm in my pajamas all day and I don't have a plan in place for myself, then that's how they're going to live their life. Mm -hmm. And then we're all going to be like tired of each other by the end of the day. So you got to have <laughs> some structure. You got to have some purpose. Mm -hmm. And then celebrate them when they, when they do practice that discipline on themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even ask you to do that. I love that you made your own list today and I didn't even have to tell you anything mm -hmm. to put on it. And I that's the same list I would have done. Mm -hmm. It just, it takes time and it takes a lot of work. And I know that a lot of you are just exhausted already and looking at, do we even go back to school this year? Maybe it's not even gonna be till the next year. And, mm -hmm. and that is um, overwhelming. But just think about today. Only think about today and don't think about the rest mm -hmm. of the school year. So just do what you can do today. Yeah, so. yeah. some great tips, great tips in there. Yeah. Um, I am the same way with the, I've got to get up and get myself put together and ready. Um, I am not like you, Alice. <laughs> I do not naturally get up early. Mm -hmm. It just, that is, has just never been me. I mean, my mom will tell you that I was, I was late coming out of her womb and I've been late ever since, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, it's just, that's just more naturally how I am. I am, mm -hmm. I prefer to stay up late and mm -hmm. sleep in longer and that type of thing. But I have found through that self-discipline, if I get myself up and ready before my kids are up and ready, it sets that whole tone so much better in our home. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's what I have been striving for and trying to get up earlier and all of that, mm -hmm. which I was doing decent and then life happened and it kind of derailed it. Mm -hmm. So then with everything being home and our schedule being different right now, that has taken on a new look as well. Mm -hmm. But my kids can still tell 
we kind of all get up about the same time now, mm -hmm. but they know the first thing mom does is I'm gonna go sit down and I'm gonna dive into my Bible. And like, they see that and they can see the difference. If something happens to where that isn't first because you know the toddler is screaming or, um, or there's you know some of that sibling rivalry happening and I have to intervene on that first, they can tell. And like I've had them ask, hey mom, have you, have you gotten a chance to go and sit in your Bible yet? Because it shows. <laughs> um, but the other things that just really help me, yes, getting out of pajamas, but even if I am in you know, yoga pants and a comfy shirt all day, if I do my eyeliner and I change my earrings, <laughs> if I can do that, like I'm good and I can, I can face the day much, much better. So find what it is. It's that structure. It's having that plan. Um, I love that you use the word structure because I don't thrive on a schedule, but I do thrive in structure. Mm -hmm. So um, that's one of those that has been hard for me to realize because God is a God of order. And so why do I feel so restricted if I'm held to a certain schedule. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's because that's not it. It's the order and structure of mm -hmm. things more so than the other. So, so yeah, that, that's where I find that most comforting in our home is when we mm -hmm. have that structure of the day, just knowing, hey, this is kind of what we're going to do. It helps me function better, it helps all of my kids function better. Just having that guideline and yeah. expectation. Yeah, I don't think it's wrong to find your thing. What makes you feel good about yourself? Right? What makes you feel pretty? Squirt on some perfume or, right? I mean, whatever. Change your earrings. Whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So I don't think it's wrong to, to find that thing for yourself mm -hmm. and, um, you know, yes, moms sacrifice. We do a lot of sacrificing for mm -hmm. our kids and tend to put everyone first, but um, I think it's important to find, find that thing for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, one of my big soapboxes is resting in the mm -hmm. middle of the day. It's one of those environments that I have found and my children have found that when I don't take time to rest at some point in the mm -hmm. middle of the day after a taxing morning with school or attitudes, my own mm -hmm. attitude, and then knowing I've got a bigger meal to prepare or I've got mm -hmm. piano this afternoon and I've got to run here and do that, I know what's coming and not a lot of energy to do it. If I don't take that time to rest, then mm -hmm. everybody... Everybody suffers. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so I have just implemented rest time in our house. And it's really like, for me, it used to be nap time for my kids. And now it's mom in her room time because <laughs> um, it, it's, it's just good for me to have no conversations for 30 minutes with mm -hmm. my kids. I love them, but I, 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 I love 30 minutes of not talking to anyone. And mm -hmm. so taking that time to rest. Um, I am going to have more to give to them in the afternoon. I'm going to have more for my husband later in the day and not be completely depleted by the time he's done with work and the kids go to bed mm -hmm. and we have time together and then I'm too tired for anything. And so rest time is important for my marriage. It's important for my relationship with my kids. And it also teaches your kids boundaries. Mm -hmm. I have a rule 
that if you're not puking and you're not bleeding, you don't open the door to my room. <laughs> because yes, I love you and I am meeting your needs uh, all uh, 23 and a half hours of the day, mm -hmm. but those 30 minutes are mine and you have to understand that uh, certain things are off limits. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that I'm off limits to my children, but we as adults, we don't just go and show up at Pastor Pat's house and say, hey, I've got a question for you. There's boundaries mm -hmm. there. You know, I'm not calling you at, at 11 p.m. saying, hey, um, I can't greet tomorrow. You're like there's boundaries there. Mm -hmm. And so um, we were teaching our kids again how to become responsible, respectful adults. And yeah. part of that is by saying, you know, everybody needs to take take a breather here. Yeah. So. Yeah comes back to that honoring each other. Yes. Honoring yeah. each other's needs and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And when I'm yeah. in my room, I can hear them. Lila runs through the house like an elephant all the time. <laughs> but during that half an hour, I, sh I can hear her whispering and like tiptoeing. Yeah. And that just blesses my heart knowing that she is honoring honoring that. They don't see it as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. And and they'll say, yes, mom needs to take that, that time to herself because they've seen me without it. Yeah. And it doesn't happen every day. Yeah. But when I can make it happen, I would say it happens five out of the seven days a week mm -hmm. just because it's a priority in my life. Yeah. So. yeah. A couple things I noticed. Uh, Joanna, you mentioned, I think you said something about managing the house. And that's a not a joke. I mean, it's a reality between Mike and I. He's, he calls me the house manager. That's what I am. And I know there are families where both parents work that that house managing is held equally, you know, between the two parents. But really, I mean, that's, that is a part of getting ready for my day. Because mm -hmm. I, I remember telling him early on, there was one day, it was during the Ankeny School's spring break, and I had slept in till about 7 or 7.30. And by the time I got up, the whole house was moving, you know, like things were happening, people were going, doing this and that, and I was behind the eight ball the entire day. And I remember going to Mike a little bit stressed out, a little bit tearful, and I'm like, I just can't sleep in like that. Not that I can't get, you know, a little bit of extra sleep, but as the manager of the house, as the person that's kind of setting the tone for the home, I need to make sure that I am getting myself up and getting myself going, you know, and then part of that is making sure that I'm exercising, you know, taking care of my body physically, that I am in my Bible, taking care of myself spiritually. And just when that runs as scheduled, as structured, everything tends to go in a, in a better way. Um, and you had mentioned something about boredom. The thing that I have struggled with in the past is feeling like the cruise director of mm. my children. And that is a hard, hard place to be because as, you know, as much as we encourage our kids to do things on their own and play by yourself and, you know, and all this stuff, but there comes a point where they're, you know, they kind of look to you as cruise director, like, okay, what are we doing now? Mm. You know, well, I don't have anything on my schedule. I'm bored. What are we doing now, mom? And, you know, I, boredom is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're kind of in this, you know, mindset at times that boredom's not okay. You know, we can't be bored. But that's where 
creativity comes in. I think we had talked about, you know, when you have more time at home, that's when more of a musical bent from your kids comes out or more artistic bent from your kids comes out. An opportunity for them to explore a topic that they may have not had time to explore as I was driving to church today. I heard about the eagles, the, the falcon, or I can't remember what they call it, the ones that are hatching right now at Sailorville Lake. Oh, oh. Huh. yeah. Is it the condors? I don't know. Anyway, um, but they were talking about how they had, you know, since there are more kids at home, they had put together a little curriculum for people to follow along and learn about, you know, the birds and their life cycles and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, you know, there's lots of topics, I'm sure, given the opportunity, your kids would like to explore. Or maybe you find out that they're handy. Um, we had a couple of Saturdays ago, you know, we just had and my husband put together a checklist for the kids. We, you know, these are the things that need to happen. We found out that my boys could um, change an air filter in a car. I didn't know that they knew how to do that. They Googled it <laughs> and they figured it out. They put together a new gas grill that we had purchased. And, and I'm like, it, because I took an opportunity to step away and allow them to get in there and know that yeah, they might not put it together exactly right the first time, but why not try and allow them the opportunity to, to try things out, so. You know, I, I have a saying in, in our home that boredom breeds, um, boredom breeds brilliance. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there is, I, I think, from what I am seeing about all these resources, mm -hmm. like you guys are being bombarded by resources. Here's homeschool freebies, and here's the resource for this, and here's the resource for that. Um, you have to try to discern whether that is just more busy work mm -hmm. to keep them busy and to keep them from being bored and, and ask yourself, are you doing it so that you're not inconvenienced by their boredom because it's, it can get annoying when your kids are constantly asking you what, the, what to do, but ask them, try to find out what are they naturally curious about? Do you have a child that's always taking things apart? Then, you know, that's, he's got this engineering and, and spatial mind's eye and, and really dig into that. And if you've got someone who loves to just go tinker on the piano, then, you know, I, I, whatever it is, um, that's just something I am huge on is discovering how God wired your child. And your children are not gonna be wired the same. They're not gonna learn the same. Um, mm -hmm. All of the worksheets are not gonna benefit them the same. It might benefit one and they love that kind of thing. And the other one just sits and cries mm -hmm. because they would rather be outside swinging upside down mm -hmm. and, and being pretending they're like, Trapeze artist from The Greatest Showman. Not that that's happened in my house, <laughs> but it just is discovering how God wired your child because not every child thrives in a school environment. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think good questions are gonna be huge in discovering your child right now. You have a great opportunity to understand whether they're in kindergarten or whether they're in high school. What about your school day, when you're in school day? What makes a good school day? 
What about it makes it good? When you have a bad school day, what about it makes it bad? Is it a subject that they just hate? Is it a friendship that is strained or bullies or whatever it is? Is it that we got an art class today and we only get that every so often mm -hmm. and that's my best class? Um, I want to race in PE. So maybe they're, you know, they're just more, you know, spatial versus linear and they don't like the timed multiplication tests. And mm -hmm. it's okay to discover that your child doesn't thrive mm -hmm. in a school classroom setting where it's designed to teach the masses and where it's designed for everyone to think in the same way when we know that not everyone is an accountant, not everyone mm -hmm. is an artist, not everyone's a composer, not everyone is an engineer. God gave us variety in our brains through mm -hmm. specific wiring. And so it might seem intimidating to try to discover that because you haven't given the opportunity, been given the opportunity to do that before, but just observe. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot by observing, ask good questions, and if they struggle with math, see if that helps to act or, or, or have them draw the math problem out, or maybe they need to move. Maybe it's just a matter of standing up. Yep. Maybe it's a matter of being able to hum. My daughter hums and thinks. <laughs> she is uh, physically stimulated when she hums, and so she's constantly humming, mm -hmm. and her brain is, is firing faster than when she's having to sit Mm -hmm. and and listen and like it's just hard for her mm -hmm. so I just encourage you as parents to become students of your kids and observe them ask good questions and then let the Lord just guide you into how he uniquely designed each one of them I didn't discover what kind of learner I was until I was an adult homeschooling my kids and mm -hmm. always thought I wasn't smart because I didn't Tests were not easy for me. I would mm -hmm. work hard and work hard and work hard. And I, I hated school from preschool through college. So when I started homeschooling, I'm like, why am I doing this? I hated school. <laughs> Realizing I just don't learn that way. Mm -hmm. And when I discovered the areas that I am smart in, you could take an A student and test them in the ways that I'm smart and they would be stupid. Mm -hmm. And not stupid, but yeah. they would feel that way because I'm good at this, you know, I, I'm good at art and I'm good at music. And I was always like the, the best in, you know, the physical things, but time me in a mm -hmm. test and I would just be crushed yeah. and went through my whole, high, my whole school career thinking I was not very smart because school didn't come easily to me the way it did to my sister. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so also not comparing your kids because they're just so different. They're all so different. So sorry, that was a soapbox. That's okay. I'm passionate <laughs> about that because I have two very outside of the box mm -hmm. thinkers yeah. that would not thrive in a school setting, which is a big reason why they're home. Mm -hmm. So I know I've talked with a family here at church and, and I've noticed it in one of my boys too. Just because one of your children is fidgety when you're talking with them, you know, bouncing a ball or constantly crinkling something or moving around, doesn't mean that they're not listening. Some kids need that physical stimulation of touching a fabric or gripping something in order for their, like you said, tapping their brains. Tapping a pencil. Tapping a pencil, yeah, humming. Shaking um, the leg. 
Yes, shaking your leg. I do that yeah. all the time. And I know, I've, I've seen this family after, you know, I, talking with them one time at church, and they were talking about how, you know, that just drives them nuts whenever they're trying to read a story with the family, and this one's always moving, and, you know, this and that. And I said, let them move. Let them move. You know, don't let them be a distraction to everybody else. But if they need to be there with, you know, a thing of post-it notes, and they're doing this while you're reading... I bet you they could tell you exactly what they, you've been reading to them. And they said, yes. Yeah. That was, and they said that was revolutionary to them because they, kept, they thought their child was just ADHD. You know, I'm going to label them as that because I, you know, I don't know what to do with them. They won't sit still. Well, it's just how God's wired them. You know, yeah. Some people just need to move. And, and also there are situations where they can't move. So yeah. if they're in church, my daughter has been unofficially diagnosed as ADHD and has been moving since in the womb. Like in the <laughs> yeah. womb, I was like, when does this baby ever sleep? Has never stopped mm -hmm. moving. So there are situations in church. We've been to a lot of funerals, <laughs> weddings, <laughs> things like that. Giving her a piece of gum mm. is giving her that stimulus, that, that input that her body needs. A lot of times we sit in church, I am scratching her arm because it is giving her that input that she needs mm -hmm. or I'll do some like joint compressions or giving her something to write and scribble on mm -hmm. um, during church is it helps her. You would, you can look at them. It seems like they're checked out and not listening, mm -hmm. but again, it comes back to what being a student of your child and mm -hmm. understanding what they need. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that fidgetiness, is a gift. It really, it's hard when you are a parent of a fidgety child because we just want them to just, we just want to put them in a little box. <laughs> we want them to get them like, still and a lot of times minutes. it's about our, our own sanity as well as our reputation. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the one yes. who has a child that can't, you know. So get that out of your mind and realize that God is going to do something with with this fidgety child someday, these are often the movers and the shakers of the world that are like, I'm gonna get things done. Did you intend that? The movers and the shakers? The movers and the shakers. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Are there, are there specific questions that you think Let's that look. we should Let's look at the question. Address. While you're looking, Alice, yeah. I know there was a couple of things that you had mentioned that were just super, super practical tips, like, Okay, so we know we're, we've got our structure figured out, right? We're going to get um, the school stuff that they've sent out through our distance learning. I'm sorry, I really don't know what it is that you guys have going on. But um, whatever it is that is sent out, this is what we're doing for our distance learning today. So we're going to have this. But my kid is hungry. What should I feed them? What shouldn't I feed them to make mm. this the <laughs> most productive time that we can have? Because those are some of those like really practical tips that mm -hmm. you don't necessarily, necessarily think about yeah. unless you're living it at home with mm -hmm. these kids going, what is the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if your child is given a, um, a packet to do or they're doing distance learning or you have come up with something for them to do, something that really you can control the outcome of how that time with them is going to, to go, how that's going to go is what goes into their body before you expect them to sit down and do it. Mm -hmm. So things like 
obviously sugar, right? But food coloring is a nervous system stimulant. It just makes some kids, it doesn't bother. I think Ava could drink a bottle of food coloring and be like, meh. <laughs> And, and Lila gets... And she's not your fidgety kid, is she? She's not my fidgety kid, but my fidgety kid gets a, a dash of... Uh, she could have one fruit snack and is climbing mm -hmm. on the refrigerator. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cannot control her body. Right. And so things like... Even things like... Um, even things like crackers. Mm. Those are things that turn into sugar that your body uses for instant energy. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna give your kids a snack, think about the breakfast they're gonna have, and then think about gonna, the snack they're gonna have in the morning. Mm -hmm. Give them something like fruit, or even if it's gonna be something snacky, like, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know. My, my kids love to eat salad, and oh, yeah. I don't say that like in a, I'm just saying we have had to avoid that kind of food for so long for my own sanity and to get any kind of learning done. So think about the food mm -hmm. that you're putting into their body because it makes more of a difference. Mm -hmm. Save the fruit snacks, save the Teddy Grahams, save those mm -hmm. kinds of things for when school is done, and it can become like a treat that mm -hmm. once we get done with this, you can have that kind of thing. But for now, we're mm -hmm. going to have this kind of thing that yeah. takes the body longer to break down. The longer it takes to break down, the less they're gonna have a sudden spike. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's okay to have kitchen hours, a breakfast time, a lunch time, and maybe put out a bowl of fruit or some cut up veggies or you know things Here that you know. Here are the things you can have anytime. Right, yeah. But I mean, think about it. When they're in school all day long, they're not grazing. No. I mean, some high schoolers might be if they're able to access you know, the lunchroom and vending machines and stuff like that. But it's okay to make it, you know, no, the kitchen's off limits. It's closed at this point, you know. And I know, you know, there's only so much you can do with that. But just, you know, having that habit of not, and I, I struggle with that, continual snacking, you know, but just trying to. Yeah. <laughs> I did, we did have cookies at math today just yeah. because. But it was a stressful math day. It was. You needed it. We were using food in an inappropriate way. <laughs> Feed our emotions because it was so hard. But this was also my daughter that can eat, could eat a bowl of sugar and it wouldn't yeah. Yeah. bother. So, See, right. so it, it's okay. If, like, if you're not getting it and it's just not happening, it, we get it. We're there too. Or go yeah. have the cookie in your room. Just don't give it to your kids. <laughs> I'm kids, do, I need to go check something. I'll be right back. <laughs> my kids are on to that. Mm -hmm. Mom goes sneaking off with something in her pocket. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, okay, so just taking a look at the questions that we um, that came in on the survey. Um, I laughed at the first one um, just because, so it's about math, and I, I love math. I'm probably one of the unique ones. I absolutely love math. <laughs> and, um, you can come to my house. I can come to your, I would love to come to your house and help your kids oh, with math. We When we're not quarantined. Please. When you're not quarantined, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, I know. I am, um, yeah, math is my thing. I, all through school, high school, I, college, my college degree was all upper level math. Um, with my oldest, we did do pre-calc at home, like all, all the high school math, we went all the way up to that. But anyway, I'm not saying that to boast in any way, shape or form, but I just laughed when I saw that about math because both my husband and I are math geeks. We love math, but it says, how do you help your child with math that you do not understand? And I guess as a, I would encourage you to look at the Khan Academy website 
because that's a, a great tool for math. They have a lot of um, just helps out there for a variety of math skills. But then also, you know, reach out to somebody maybe in your sphere of influence, whether it would be in your cell group or somebody you know at church that maybe does know how to do the math. I don't know what level we're, we're looking for, but, you know, may seek out somebody. Um, hopefully the teacher of your child's math class is available to, you know, to talk with. Maybe they have additional resources. It's, math is a hard one because if it's not something that you enjoy and it's not something that you, you understand, and I know math is different having kids in public school as well, it's different than how we learned math when we were growing up. So, yeah, I guess that would be my, my encouragement there with the math, anything. <laughs> I would just know that you're not alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and reach out for that. help and like work with your child in it. Mm -hmm. I know this is super, super frustrating. I honestly, I don't get this either. So let's work together to seek out some help. Don't mm -hmm. be afraid to reach out to your student's teacher and ask for some additional help because I, I'm just not getting it mm -hmm. um, and that type of thing. And if you need to, you know, phone a friend, apparently Alice is the one to phone, so. <laughs> I love math. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and um, not give it into the, when am I ever going to use this? Mm. That's, um, that has been spoken at our house a lot and mm -hmm. is always, it's honestly in my mind a lot, like I just wanna skip teaching you this because when are you ever gonna do this? Mm -hmm. But it's about integrity, it's also about um, teaching them when they grow up and they're in the workforce, or what are they gonna do, not ask for help? Mm -hmm. And so modeling to your kids, I, I don't know how to help you, but let's try to find an mm -hmm. answer together. And then showing your kids that you're never too old to learn. You're yeah. gonna learn this alongside them mm -hmm. and that um, they need to be teachable, but they're gonna, they're gonna get mm -hmm. that from you modeling being teachable, mm -hmm. so. And you're not always gonna have everything you love in your job. Some yeah. do, you know, some you know, don't ever encounter things that they don't like in their job, but chances are you're gonna encounter something that you don't, you don't enjoy doing, you don't understand it, so you do need to learn how to seek out resources. And yeah. I think it's another one, one of the things, I've, I've not been gifted in math, <laughs> but I am learning to appreciate it more and more and more. And part of that is because math is very orderly. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of those things that you can take that math that you're struggling to understand and you can turn that right back over to, God is a God of order. Mm -hmm. And he created things mathematically in some situations where mm -hmm. it's, it has a very specific order and this math reflects that. Mm -hmm. So see how you can find glimpses of God in something as, sorry, Alice, but as mundane <laughs> as math. <laughs> so, but it really is in so many different things because um, Ava hates math, mm -hmm. like hates it with a passion. Yet she's a beautiful piano player, mm -hmm. which is very mathematical. She still fights me, like, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's very mathematical. Yeah. She sews beautifully mm -hmm. and she has like this engineering mind. Mm -hmm. So she thinks mathematically yeah. in everyday situations, but 
she still struggles in, in various areas, and um, mm -hmm. but yet uses those concepts in ways or another. So bringing that into the everyday life of like, hey, you know what you just did? That was math, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. you did a great job at it. You really oh, yeah. are better at math than what you think. Oh yeah, cooking, math, so much, math. <laughs> totally math. You know. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, I have that musical one. My oldest hated math, and both my husband and I are like. We love math. How did we get three children? Well, actually, our youngest actually does like math. Our middle does fantastic with it, but doesn't enjoy it. Our oldest hates it. But uh, yeah, wonderful musician. So yeah, yeah. so mathematical. <laughs> yeah. How to best teach children in different age spectrums? And I think, Joanna, mm. you might be oh, the best at answering this one. Oh, man. Different age spectrums, because, yeah, my kids, my kids are all spread out. Um, Judson and Kaylin are the closest in age, and there's still three years between the two of them. So how to teach the variety there? And Joanna, maybe if you can touch on this other question that's yeah. very closely related as you do talk about that. Any tips for keeping younger children occupied while trying to teach the older ones? Duct tape them to the wall. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so having some of that age range, there is a huge variety of who's needing my attention and focus and help with it. So what I typically try to do is have my oldest start on something that he can work independently. Mm -hmm. And then I get the littlest one involved in something. So I get the oldest one started. And while he's working, that I'm like, okay, Judson, let's find, let's find this. He has found a new love for puzzles, but he needs a lot of help with that mm -hmm. still, a lot of um, just me there with him. So while he loves them, that one's not one that I typically try to do with um, our homeschool time. I find something that he enjoys, and honestly, a lot of times it ends up being, hey, this is your chance to go and watch this show that you love. So often it's PJ masks because superheroes in pajamas. I mean, does it get better than that when you're three? So um, he'll do that. Or I love to pull up things on right now media for him to sit and watch. Mm -hmm. That's my preference. That one doesn't always work as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I will get him set up with that. So Jamie is working independently. Judson is watching something. And then um, I can focus time with uh, Kaylin. So she's the one who needs the most of my assistance through schooling because she's not confident with reading yet. We're working on that. She's building it. Um, but she can't do as much on her own yet because she needs more. OK, what am I supposed to do for this? What's the instruction here? And that mm -hmm. type of a thing. And then not expecting too much all at once. Mm -hmm. um, the more independent stuff you can do, the better. But it also comes back down to being really open and honest with your kids. And OK, we all need to respect each other right now. This is what needs to happen. I need to focus with Kaylin. So while I'm focusing with her, you need to respect our time. and. The more respectful you are of it, the sooner you can get mm -hmm. my attention. That's one boundaries mm -hmm. that have to be set. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's one of those that I come back to a lot mm -hmm. is 
everybody's wanting my attention. And um, Judson came up to me the other day and he was like, you didn't spend any time with me. And I was like, I'm sorry, buddy. I was needing to do this. We will do our special thing at this time. And having that so that they all know they will get time with mom. But I, there's only one of me and there's three of them. Mm -hmm. So I have to have that kind of separated out. And then as soon as I finish with Kaylin, then I release her to, okay, you can go and do something, but you have to either play with your little brother or do something quietly in your room. So now I can focus with Jamie and he can have that focused, not all of these distractions and, oh, but I wanna go play. It's so tempting because they're having that respect for each other. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of how I do it with the different ages. Mm -hmm. And Judson is getting big enough that I just, I'm very real with him and I speak to him like he is older mm -hmm. and he's rising to that expectation of, okay, I, I have to respect this time. So. Mm -hmm. I think words, words are powerful too. If you mm -hmm. take the time to tell them and talk to them like, they're a, a tiny human in your home and not just a, a kid who's, you know, bothering you mm -hmm. and saying, you are important to me and I want to spend time with you, but I'm going to spend mm -hmm. time with so-and-so right now. Mm -hmm. And let's, if they're older, Judson's probably, you know, not going to look at a clock and say, yeah, I understand that in 45 mm -hmm. minutes you're going to have time for me. Mm -hmm. But if they're older saying, at this time, I'm going to have this, try to have this wrapped up mm -hmm. and I will, you, it'll be time for you and I. Yeah. Yep. Um, again, something just, as simple as setting a timer. Oh yeah. Timers mm -hmm. are big in you our know, house. We have 30 yeah. minutes and I'm going to set this down and when this goes off, you know. Do as much as we, yeah. 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 Even with chores. Ooh. Set a timer. If you set a timer yeah. for 10 minutes, it's amazing what you and your kids can get done because yeah. there's kind of that urgency of like we're trying to beat the clock mm -hmm. and we want to be done by then. And so they're like motivated and I'm motivated and we know there is an end. Mm -hmm. If you just say, go and do that, go and fold your laundry. Well, then it's like, well, then I end up playing mm -hmm. and then I end up doing this and then it's like, boom, boom, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if it's like, I'm setting the timer and you have 10 minutes to fold your laundry, mm -hmm. they're like <laughs> putting it away. Or, um, I mean, sometimes I have to do it for myself because I'm like, I know I'm cleaning the bathroom's <laughs> gonna end. It's gonna end in 10 minutes. And then it's like done in five. Yeah. So timers are huge. Timers are yeah. a really good, practical mm -hmm. help in your home. Mm -hmm. And find a fun, let your kids decide on your phone what they want to hear at the end of the timer. Let them have their own like ringtone oh, and say this idea. is this is the chores timer. This is your reading timer that yep. you have to go and read independently for 20 minutes. This is your you need to have this done by whatever. Mm -hmm. Get creative with it. Yeah. There's also something called a um, spin I don't I can't remember what it's called. Spin widget. Like they touch the screen. You put in what they what they do. And then they touch a screen and it spins like a wheel of fortune thing. Oh, yeah. And then dun, 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 and you can do chores that way. You can do, a, you know, a subject in school that way, or, you know, a, here's a free time option to keep from boarding, like here, boredom. Um, I don't know. There's yeah. just different. You just got to get creative. Just think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. 
All right, next question. How much do I need to teach and how much can we just enjoy each other and relax? Anybody oh. wanna take that one? <laughs> you know what? We, I think we automatically assume there has to be a difference. Mm. There can't be enjoying, enjoyment in learning. Mm -hmm. There's not always enjoyment mm -mm. in math in our home. And this morning was a two hour ordeal with the whole cookies and everything and me, me cheating in front of my daughter after I told her that she couldn't cheat. Like, and, and finally asking Siri, what's the answer? <laughs> I just could not figure it out even with the calculator. Um, we ended up laughing so much over that two hours, mm -hmm. as frustrating as it was. And there was this, this, we didn't enjoy the math, but in the struggle together and in the growing together mm -hmm. and in the discovery together, there was enjoyment. And mm -hmm. so the question is how much, how much do we need to teach and how much can we enjoy each other and relax? Mm -hmm. I think you can have it. I think you can have it both ways. It mm -hmm. takes work on the front end though. Yeah. It takes time to get into a rhythm of what does learning time look like. Bring some sort of enjoyment mm -hmm. into that. It's getting nice out. Go and, and read to them while they're swinging. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, do problems with sidewalk chalk or whatever it is yeah. instead of a worksheet. Yeah. But um, And remember that, you know, you're not in the public school classroom right now. You know, each child, while you may have, you know, videos to watch or a Zoom call with your class or whatever, um, school at home, whether it be homeschooling, distance learning, online classes, whatever, is not going to look like the classroom setting. Mm -hmm. It never will. And that's okay. You don't, it doesn't need to look like that as long as they're still learning there's still an opportunity to receive information and, and, you know, to benefit from that. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it all has to be the learning exactly what's in the textbook right now either. Mm -hmm. Like how much teaching should there be? Well, honestly, you should kind of always be teaching your kid, mm -hmm. but teaching, what does life look like? Mm -hmm. What does, you know, how does it look to live for God in all of the moments? Mm -hmm. how, what, what is it that you're trying to instill in your child? Do you want them to have just all of the um, academic points? D is that what your goal is? Or is your goal to raise people who then know how to interact in society? Mm -hmm. um, so... I think there's a, a lot to be said, and you can have it both ways. Mm -hmm. Your kids are always going to be learning, and as long as you are helping them to enjoy that process of learning, mm -hmm. I think you're going to come out better mm -hmm. than, um, than not. Mm -hmm. And if you're enjoying it and are excited, then that's going to make all the difference in the world. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it it feels like a lot of pressure, mm -hmm. and it seems like a lot of pressure. Um, but my mentor has always told me, God is gonna fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, if your child is in second grade and they don't go to school for the rest of the year, 
and they have some catch-up to do at the beginning of the next school year, I'm guessing they're still, still going to get into college. <laughs> yeah. You know, so not right. making so much of these last few months of mm -hmm. school. It feels heavy, it feels like a lot, mm -hmm. especially more so for high school students mm -hmm. and things like that. But if your kids are elementary, middle school, mm -hmm. God is gonna fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. use this time. Um, I just always go back to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. So cast a vision for the men and the women that you want to leave your home cast a vision and then work towards that. Yes. Knowing that you're not raising children, you're raising adults. Mm -hmm. you, are, you are gonna have a direct impact on how your grandchildren are raised. Mm -hmm. And so deal with those character issues and the heart issues every day mm -hmm. because that is what we take with us into eternity. Mm -hmm. Not so much test scores and not mm -hmm. so much um, what college they're gonna get into and not what they're missing out on in the sports season. Just take this time. It's an awesome opportunity mm -hmm. to, to really hone in on character mm -hmm. and, and discovering God together mm -hmm. and focusing on the eternal. Yeah. So. Well said, Lindsay. Yeah. I think we kind of touched on this one already. How do I stop the constant correcting, arguing, and nitpicking? <laughs> I feel like that was um, pretty much covered in the sibling yeah. Yeah. section. Yeah. Usually when, I, when I'm looking at I have to stop that, it usually starts with me shutting my own mouth. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I have to stop it here because most often it's my kids are being a reflection of me mm -hmm. to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so if I stop it here and get my heart right with God first, then I can address it with the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so correcting, arguing, and nitpicking. Are we constantly, are we constantly hovering mm. and correcting them? Are we constantly arguing? whether it's with them or with our husbands or with mm -hmm. someone else? Are we constantly nitpicking over, why didn't you do this? And why can't you do this? And mm -hmm. doing it to you know, our kids and our husbands. And so mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of times, unfortunately, they're modeling what they see in us, mm -hmm. yeah. which is very humbling. You get to see <laughs> all those sins in your kids. You're like, yep, I know where they get them. <laughs> it's super, super humbling because the frust, usually the most frustrating sins you see in your children are the ones that you detest about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so they're the ones that really grate your nerves and really bring you to a place of anger quicker than the mm -hmm. others. Because you can look, if you look within, you're like, that's me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So humbling. <laughs> All right, our last mm. one on here. Advice for special needs, mild autism. Mm. I struggle with being able to speak um, intelligently on that subject because I don't, I don't have one, a, a person in my life where I have to um, have anyone with special needs or, or with autism. Um, so I don't know. Any thoughts? Um... So I realize that dyslexia is pretty much the opposite of autism. I have, okay. a, I have a dear friend whose son is autistic, and there are so many middle 
common grounds with them, with sensory processing and um, things like that. But then there is the, oh, I'm a black and white linear thinker with mm -hmm. autism and um, less about the, you know, the, the relational thing. And then you've got the dyslexic outside the box, think mm -hmm. anything but black and white. Um, outside the box completely. And so with any special needs, um, I say to my, my daughters, especially the, the one who struggles with it severely, who just said this morning, I hate my dyslexia because she tried to write a letter and spelled a lot of things wrong and she's frustrated and I have to try to turn that conversation into does God make mistakes? Well, no. Did he make a mistake when he made your brain exactly the way it is? No. So when we are looking at kids with special needs, we are looking at their, their special needs according to what the classroom setting expectation is. Mm. We, we look at their deficits. We only are seeing their deficits. That's why mm -hmm. they have the label. Mm. We're not seeing the strengths. Mm. And I see so many strengths in my daughters mm -hmm. that would be a struggle in the classroom setting. Mm -hmm. And it's heartbreaking and, and turns me into a mama bear um, and defensive sometimes about it because I see the beauty in this outside the box thinking. And, um, it, but it, it's hard on our kids. Mm -hmm. And it is exhausting. Um, I know any parent with special needs kids, it's, it's exhausting. It just takes a toll on you emotionally. You're constantly having to deal with whatever struggles they have. Um, I don't have a lot of advice other than to celebrate the uniqueness that God has given your child because it's not a mistake. It's not a deficit, don't view your child as a deficit. They might be below average on certain things. That's just not where God is gonna use them once they leave your home. They're mm -hmm. not, Lila's not gonna be an accountant. Mm -hmm. She's just not going to be. Um, I don't know what the Lord has planned for her, but I have the opportunity to speak truth into her life about how amazing God has made her brain. And yes, this is a struggle, but let's find ways to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so I can't speak specifically to the autism um, a ton, other than what I know that my friend has, has struggled with, but um, also just celebrate your child for exactly who God made them to be and ask him to give you eyes to be the biggest advocate and the biggest cheerleader in their life because mm -hmm. they don't have many of them in their lives when they're constantly told that they are not up to par on certain areas mm -hmm. that everyone else is achieving. And so um, find amazing people that have changed the world who, who are autistic. That's what I'm constantly doing with the girls. And I find out someone is, is dyslexic and I'll say, girls, you know such and such? You know who this is? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, guess what? And they're like, let me guess, they're dyslexic. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> because 
God use, I want them to see that it's not a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Autism, whatever the special need is, special need, um, is not a death sentence. It is a, it's a window of opportunity mm -hmm. for God to use your child in a unique way for the purpose that he has set apart from before time began mm -hmm. to use them in the way that he wants to use. So get out of the way and let the Lord take them mm -hmm. and just cheer them on. It's mm -hmm. another soapbox I have. <laughs> That's excellent. And that it also comes back to the embracing this time to learn about your child yes mm -hmm. and learn what is it that will help them to thrive the most and will help them to learn the best mm -hmm. um i i can't speak mm -hmm. into that at all with any kind of tips or anything mm -hmm. from experience just well i read this once well th that's great but i feel like i i fall way short of actually giving any kind of beneficial advice here so yeah and I just want to say if you are a mom who has a labeled child in any capacity I am here for you I will give you a hug I will cry with you I will pray with you anything because I know how exhausting it can be to have a child that doesn't that learning doesn't come easily or mm -hmm. some aspect of school doesn't come easily yeah. and even family dynamics mm -hmm. that that oftentimes plays into family dynamics and it's just you are on 24 7 mm -hmm. and it's exhausting and that is why before I get out of bed I just have to say Lord teach my girls because there are days where I'm like TH says th. it doesn't say huh you know, like mm -hmm. just yeah. just the frustrating things where I'm like, I don't know how many times mm -hmm. it's going to take for me to repeat something for you to get it. Mm -hmm. But if I, for one second, show frustration or disappointment, then the month's work that we have built up mm -hmm. to that, it doesn't matter how many victories we've had in the month, if I am like, seriously, we've gone over this. Mm -hmm. If I say anything like that, we have just gone two steps back in, in her confidence and, uh, and belief that God made her the way she did, he did for a reason, that all goes out the window mm -hmm. and I'm a liar. Mm -hmm. So um, we just have to be careful with how we, how we use our tongue and, and our face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.